Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio, this is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. There are 17 proposed ballot items in Missouri that would legalize abortion in the Show Me State. They're a response to the fall of Roe versus Wade, which led to most abortions in Missouri being banned, with the exception of medical emergencies. The proposals vary widely, with some making fairly modest expansions to the state's abortion ban, and others that would allow for abortion before 24 weeks of pregnancy or until fetal viability. Dr. Colleen McNicholas is the chief medical officer at Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region in Southwest Missouri. And she contends that only one of the 17 initiatives would push abortion access, quote, beyond Roe. I spoke with McNicholas in September about how she believes abortion rights activists should approach the initiative petition process. Your organization and yourself have been vocal that any ballot initiative that legalizes abortion in Missouri must be, quote, better than Roe versus Wade. And I'd like you to elaborate on that point. Yeah, you know, there are lots of folks who are interested in bringing abortion access back to Missouri, and we are thrilled that there's been lots of engagement. But our unique perspective and the value of our opinion comes from the fact that we have been the only provider of abortion care for many years. We know what it's like to operate under the restrictions of Roe. And Missouri is an excellent example of how Roe really left so many folks behind. And so, you know, we know that as we are thinking about how we're restoring access to abortion, we have to make sure that we're centering those that are most marginalized, the ones who we know were left behind with the previous framework. And we have a real opportunity to do that now. A, a recent article from the magazine Mother Jones states that, and I'm quoting here verbatim, the legal concept of, quote, viability line has never matched medical reality. The idea was conceived by a clerk for Justice Harry Blackman, who sought a middle ground between abortion supporters and opponents when the Supreme Court was considering Roe versus Wade in the 1970s. So can you discuss how this concept of a viability line makes the job for your organization more difficult if abortion was legalized with a viability limit? Look, the truth is we know that pregnancy is incredibly complicated and can get more so as pregnancy goes on. We know that there is, when we think about sort of the best ways to take care of people throughout pregnancy, we know that the least qualified people to do that are people who are sitting in Jefferson City. We really need the flexibility for physicians, for patients and their families to be able to consider just how complex the information is that they're getting. We need them to be able to make decisions about their health, about their life, about the future and vitality of their family based on scientific evidence. And the science just says that anytime we impose artificial and, and, and made up restrictions, whether it be gestational age or otherwise, we are really doing a disservice to patients and really sort of handcuffing both they and their, their physicians in making the best scientific evidence, evidence-based uh, decisions for their health. 
The Mother Jones article mentioned specific examples about how viability limits make it much more complicated for someone to get an abortion if there are severe complications late in the pregnancy. Would language that says abortion would be allowed to preserve, for example, the health of the mother, or if there's a, a birth defect that would guarantee that a baby would die outside the womb, be sufficient with a viability limit? You know, I really wish that exceptions worked. Um, but the reality is, and we have decades worth of experience to show this, exceptions on the ground just don't work. And that's for a variety of reasons. You know, we're sitting here in the state of Missouri where if you violate an abortion law, it is a criminal penalty. The Your ability to provide and, and practice medicine will be taken away. Um, and the truth is that abortion later in pregnancy and really any decision about pregnancy is almost never black and white. It really exists in a in a, a pool of gray. And so, you know, in reality, we know that these exceptions just don't work. With that being said, because there was a, a viability line imposed with Roe versus Wade. And by the way, just, just to make sure our listeners understand what that line was, can you just explain what Roe versus Wade said in terms of, of uh, obtaining an abortion later in a pregnancy? Well, there were a couple of really important um, decisions around abortion um, in the last 50 years. Roe certainly was one of them. And the second, and maybe equally, maybe more important, was the Casey decision. Um, both of those decisions essentially allowed the state to intervene and regulate um, decisions around pregnancy termination. And so really what we're advocating for is taking a step back, taking abortion out of politics and putting it back in the healthcare sphere where we where we believe it belongs. All abortion, all pregnancy decisions are healthcare, um, and it really is time to move it back into that space and stop using it as a political tool. With that being said, I think because voters in particular are used to laws saying you can get an abortion up to a certain point, it has been argued there may be some hesitancy to support something which does not uh, support particularly a ballot initiative that does not have a viability limit. Are you confident that voters will accept a initiative petition that does not say, for example, you can get an abortion up to 24 weeks of pregnancy, which is a real, which is one of the ballot initiatives we're going to talk about in a minute. You know, the truth is that I trust Missourians, and I trust that Missourians know that the people who should be making those decisions are the people who are affected by by the decision. You know, I, there's probably not another human in this state who has talked to more people about abortion than I have. Um, and so, and, and probably not another human in the state who is taking care of abortion patients as frequently as I have. And those are patients who exist in, in rural areas and in urban areas across every zip code, across every faith spectrum. And people understand that this is a personal and private decision. The decision they might make for themselves is different than a decision that somebody else might make. But I think we have seen since the Dobbs decision that folks are just tired of this being used as a game, and they really are ready to sort of put their put their vote to the ballot box and say, you know, no, that's enough. We really are here to support people's access to abortion, and, and individuals should be the ones making that decision. So at this point, there is a group which which has a number of people working with it that have submitted 11 petitions that could potentially go on the 2024 ballot. 
Um, it's we'll talk about this in a minute. It's this is currently in legal purgatory at the point of this recording. But of those 11, are there any ones that your group would find acceptable and that you would support uh, passing? You know, the truth is that all but one of those versions includes some form of restriction. And all of those restrictions are things that Planned Parenthood has litigated over the past 40 years. Um, There is one version which we refer to as a clean version, and we have seen summary language out of the recent court decision that is actually really good. It is simple, it is clear, and it just puts to the voters a simple yes or no. Do you believe that Missouri Constitution should protect somebody's right to make decisions about their reproductive health, including an expansive of abortion care? That is the goal that we should be fighting for. Now, I think that this is, this may be a technical point, but I think it's actually a really important point. There are scores of laws that are currently on the books in Missouri that restrict abortion. If that constitutional amendment passes, I don't think that you, abortion will suddenly be a, available everywhere in the state. Can you explain like what the process would be to actually expand abortion access if this actually passes? This is a hugely important and critical piece of this fight to restore abortion access. And we can look at Michigan as a great example. Michigan passed a fairly expansive ballot initiative more than a year ago, yet nothing really has changed about abortion access in Michigan yet. We will have to go back and litigate every one of those abortion restrictions. We're going to have to fight to get every one of those off the book. Yes, we will have the support now of a constitutional amendment. We will have used direct democracy and the people's voice to support that. But there is still going to be tremendous work and money and time that has to go into fighting those existing re- uh, restrictions. I'm glad you mentioned money because I was talking with Mallory Schwarz of Abortion Action Missouri. And she made this prediction about what will happen if one of the 11 petitions makes it to the 2024 ballot. We know that there are folks who believe that banned states are already too far gone, that they should focus on building up so-called safe haven states like our neighbors in Illinois. And what we want people to know is you have to do both at the same time. Missourians should not be left behind. Missourians deserve more than being forced to flee their homes in order to get basic health care. That was Mallory Schwarz of Abortion Action Missouri talking about what it could take to actually get a abortion-related ballot initiative off the ground in 2024. That point is really crucial. I know we want to not talk about politics or campaigns, but in order to get this passed, it's going to require potentially tens of millions of dollars, especially if there's organized opposition. Do you have confidence that the groups that could fund initiatives like this will actually come through? Are they going to see Missouri as not worth fighting for and they rather put their money in a more, quote unquote, politically competitive state? Well, I think it is an important issue, and we have seen that ballot initiatives, direct democracy, is currently being used as an important tool to bring back abortion access across the country. Um, We have seen already states who have successfully run initiatives, Kansas and Michigan, Ohio this year, but there are a whole list of folks who are on the the agenda for the coming years, right? Florida, Nebraska, um, Arizona, and potentially Missouri. 
Each of these initiatives are incredibly expensive. We're talking somewhere not just tens of millions of dollars. We're talking 40, 50, 60 million dollars to run a successful ballot initiative. Um, and so, you know, I think I hope um, that folks are invested in Missouri. You know, we have been here fighting for folks access to abortion um, in Missouri for decades. You know, we were the only provider of abortion care for the five years before Dobbs um, overturned Roe. You know, it is truly going to be the people who are on the ground, who have been in the state, who are local and committed to the work of restoring access locally that are going to be making the difference and are really going to be per- pulling those um, national orgs and that funding to the state. The other variable, and there's a lot of variables in this discussion, is there is there are other proposals besides the 11 I mentioned. And they're from a group that's headed up by Republican Jamie Corley that I would classify as making much more modest changes to the abortion ban than what the 11 petitions would do. And and some of that includes putting in exceptions if someone uh, becomes pregnant because of rape or incest, putting a life or health of the mother exception, possibly 12-week viability limit. What does your group think of these proposals? You know, again, I'm, I'm, I think we are really excited that lots of folks are now engaging in this area. But the truth is there are people who've been doing this work for decades. And to know what the real solution is for Missouri, to if we are aligned on goals, which the goal should be to bring back equitable and just scientifically based access for all of Missourians, if we are aligned on that goal, then these six potential initiatives are falling far short of meeting that goal. You know, as I said earlier, exceptions just don't work. Um, Yes, most folks are accessing abortion early in pregnancy, but there are a whole host of reasons why folks might need abortion access after 12 weeks of pregnancy. And what we know, clear cut, bottom line, without sort of doubt, is that the government should not be the one who's making a decision about when somebody should be able to continue or not a pregnancy and whether to expand their family or not. We're talking with Colleen McNicholas. She is the chief medical officer for Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and Southwest Missouri. We've talked a lot about, you know, differences of opinion within the abortion rights community, but we haven't talked about the opponents of abortion rights who will probably spend a lot of money to defeat any of these initiatives. And you're starting to hear the messaging early where supporters of the abortion banner are accusing proponents of legalizing abortion of wanting to, quote, allow abortion up until the moment of birth. You've also heard this on a national level. You're going to hear this argument a lot. What's going to be the general response among supporters of legalizing abortion to this type of message? Well, I think we have to to think about this a couple of ways. I think the first and first and foremost, the most important thing that I think about is that will be their message regardless of what version of the ballot we put in front of voters. And so as we're thinking about, you know, what's going to pass versus what do Missourians deserve, the message of the anti-abortion extremists is going to be the same. And so given that reality, we really have an opportunity to be bold and to ask the voters for what Missourians deserve. You know, outside of that, I think it is up to us to start having conversations with everyday Missourians. And, you know, myself and my colleagues have been doing that for years. People do understand the gray of abortion. We have known for decades that support for abortion 
is popular. It was popular before Dobbs. It is incredibly popular now, and Missourians are no different. Yes, overall, this is a red conservative state, but when you isolate abortion as a single issue um, vote for folks, they understand that abortion is healthcare and has been used as a pawn, and that extremists have gone way too far. It's no secret at all that Republicans are trying to throw up roadblocks to get any initiative petition related to abortion on the ballot. That includes them filing lawsuits over the fiscal note and also producing ballot summary language, specifically Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft producing ballot language that obviously necessitated a lawsuit. Do you think that these legal hurdles will make it difficult to get signatures on time? And and for our listeners, you need a little over 171,000 signatures, and some of those signatures have to be in a certain amount of congressional districts, and you have to get them in by May of next year. Do you think that proponents of legalizing abortion are going to have enough time? You know, I have known for a long time that abortion advocates are fierce and adapt um, to almost any situation that's thrown at them. We know that the Ohio group was able to turn around signatures really quickly. Um, But I think it's also important to note that the tactics by the Secretary of State, by the Attorney General, by the legislator show that they are afraid. They know that when this vote is brought to the people, when we use direct democracy to bring back abortion access, that they will lose. And so I'm not surprised that they continue to employ these stall tactics um, in hopes that that means that we'll run out of time. It's not only litigation that could be a barrier to passing this. Um, This is House Speaker Dean Plocker on the last day of the legislative session talking about the importance, in his view, of passing a measure that would make the Constitution more difficult to amend. We are pro-life, and if the Senate fails to take action on IP reform, I think the Senate should be held accountable for allowing abortion to return to Missouri. That's House Speaker Dean Plocker talking about quote-unquote IP reform, which is what proponents use to talk about raising the threshold to pass a constitutional amendment. Uh, A lot of Republicans have told me they're going to try to put that on the ballot. What do you kind of make of, of that effort and how serious of a challenge is it to legalize abortion in Missouri? So, you know, I wish that folks could learn from from the past and even the recent past, right? Ohio tried the same thing. And overwhelmingly, Ohioans came out to say, you will not change uh, how we are passing ballot initiatives. You know, the other reality is that if you look at ballot initiatives over the last, you know, 10 years, the conservatives and extremists are losing on all progressive issues. Voters passed Medicaid expansion. Voters passed legalization of marijuana. Voters will also pass returning abortion access to Missouri. And so I think that they're feeling desperate. They know that when issues are brought directly to the people, issues that impact their everyday life, that make their daily life better, Issues that I would say are pro-life, that help them support their families, that provide them medical insurance, that um, allow them to take care of their own health. When those issues are brought to, to the people, overwhelmingly Missourians support them. What do you think is at stake over the next year or so? 
You know, the Dobbs decision was devastating. It continues to be devastating. And it has massive ripple effects across not just reproductive health care, but across health care more broadly and across the lives and well-being of Missourians. I think, you know, we have to dig in. We have to dig in and we have to to bring these issues to the forefront. We have to continue the fight, the fight that we started decades ago. But as we do that, I think we have to be thoughtful and cognizant that the system that we build now is one that actually serves all the people, one that is just, one that is equitable, and one that above all, I can't leave this out as a physician, is scientifically grounded. That was Dr. Colleen McNicholas of Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and Southwest Missouri, talking about efforts to legalize abortion in Missouri through the initiative petition process. By the way, McNicholas was just named a finalist for the European Union's top human rights prize. This episode was produced by Jason Rosenbaum. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.